Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September the 20th. Uh, of course, uh, last night, uh, NFL action and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, what more can you say? They downed the Titans 41-7 to and just have everything their way. Uh, early in the game, uh, one thing that uh, the Bills fans and uh, the Bills organization, uh, young man last night got hurt pretty seriously, too. He had to be carted off the field. Jeff, I didn't hear any further uh, information on him, how serious that injury was last night, too. No, nor did I. Um, just uh, indeed that he was taken uh, to a area hospital, but no word on uh how it came out. Yeah, I know he was injured seriously because he took a shot by one of his own teammates to the side of the head uh, while he was on the ground making a tackle and uh, uh, stayed there motionless for a good part of the time. Don't ever remember. Uh, I'd walked away uh, to do something at my home and uh, didn't see whether or not uh, he made any movements or, or reaction uh, as they put him up on the gurney into the uh, – uh, card to take him off the uh, field, but um, you, you got to wonder uh, how serious he was hurt. And then later, another Bill takes a shot, and uh, and uh, I think he get he got up and uh, looked like to be okay. But uh, the Bills last night, just all over the uh, Titans, and I think uh, uh, Derrick Henry. I don't. I think he had uh, ten or twelve carries for like twenty four yards, something of that nature. Just had him completely under control. Meanwhile, uh, do we have a I do believe we do. Uh, Let's go ahead and go to the phones and see who's out there. Hi, you're in the air. Good morning. Happy birthday. Okay, can you call back a little after 8? Appreciate that. Uh, 367-1240. I want to keep uh, the phone line open for callers into the show. Uh, Here's uh, the most recent story on uh, Dane Jackson. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I'm pulling up one right here also in that regard. Uh, here we go. Football took a backseat to a scary situation during the second quarter. Cornerback Dane Jackson suffered an injury when his head and neck were bent back in an awkward, violent collision again with a teammate. An ambulance drove onto the field to take him away. Jackson has been placed on a backboard in Gurney with his neck immobilized. Crowd applauding as he yeah, blah, blah, blah. Bills announced he had full movement in his extremities and was undergoing a CAT scan and an X-ray. He had been with the Bills his entire career since they selected him out of pit uh, with a seventh-round pick in 2020. Appeared in just five games as a rookie, 17. Though last season his injury was the scariest of multiple physical setbacks in the first half. Uh, Titans offensive tackle Taylor Lewin carted off the field with a knee injury, but Dupree... Uh, Ola Adenaye and Trenton Cannon also dealt with injury concerns for Tennessee. As for Jackson, he seemed on his way to a breakout season in his third season, um, especially after that game against the Rams. He intercepted Matthew Stafford, finished with five tackles, uh, another pass defended. But um, good news is uh, movement in all extremities. Yeah, so that that is good news. Uh, meanwhile, the Bills just take care of business. You know, and that's the second impressive performance we've seen from them this year. As they they opened up uh, uh, the NFL last uh, last week on Thursday night, as they down the 
the defending uh, champs, the Rams, in uh, quite a big fashion. I think it was 31 to 10, something of that nature. Last night they take down the Titans, 41 to 7, and it was just the Josh Allen, the Stephon Diggs connection, as uh, Diggs caught 12 passes for 148 yards and three touchdowns, and he joins Jerry Rice as the only players with multiple three-touchdown catch games on Monday Night Football. Uh, the three touchdowns came in the third quarter when the Bills put up 24 points to establish their decisive lead over the Titans. And uh, the Bills are 2-0 for the third time in the last four seasons, having uh, three 2-0 starts in the previous 15 seasons. And it was the team's first home win on Monday Night Football since 94. So uh, right now the Bills uh, just look like head and heels. And it's their defense, too, that was number one in the league last year in most all categories. And uh, now they've got a little offense to go with it. And they had Miller as a rush linebacker. Uh, wow, the Bills are... Uh, Again, you know, they were a coin toss perhaps away from winning the Super Bowl. That's right. They, they didn't, uh, you know, again, Cincinnati wins that toss, uh, scores the touchdown, they go on to the Super Bowl, lose to L.A., uh, the Rams, and easily um, it could have been just the opposite, and Buffalo uh, wins that toss. They score, and maybe they beat L.A. as they beat them up last week. Yeah, the Titans just were so outclassed at uh, many levels in that lopsided loss. And and, and really all off season it, it was the Bills. The That's Bills, right. You know, That's uh, right. I mean, this is not shocking by any means. Uh, they're just taking care of business now yeah anyway uh anyway the 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 titans just uh, they've got to be wondering the bills all gained them by 227 yards they forced four turnovers ryan Tannehill was pulled after his second interception last night and with the game out of reach so uh good, good opportunity to get the rookie yeah. that's right that's right the rookie from uh, liberty who played against you all last Liberty, year. Liberty, Liberty. That's right. Uh, anyway, making him the first rookie to play this season. He was first rookie. And you know the, uh, how many quarterbacks uh, did they have drafted in the first round? I think just one. Uh, I believe uh, one rookie was drafted did, this past year. Did Pickett year. go late in the first, or was that the second? Yeah, Malik went. Uh, I want to say uh, Willis went in the third round, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it might have been Pickett. Yeah, Pickett went to Pittsburgh, I think, at the 19th pick right after the Saints or the 20th pick right yeah. after the Saints. Anyway, uh, he was the first, He hadn't hit the field yet, to my knowledge, uh, this year. So uh, Derrick Henry recorded a minus 2.6 yards per rush, as expected, per carry. Uh, anyway, his worst rush yards in over probably uh, dating back to three or four years. Minus so. six? Yeah, he just he had a rough night. Oh, yeah, rough night. Uh, Henry Grabbing been, that ponytail. Yeah, and he had been the NFL's top rusher the past two and a half uh, seasons before suffering that fracture in week eight last year and averaging uh, 3.9 carries in week one. He averaged uh, two carry against the fourth lowest of his uh, career. Anyway, um, let's see what else. Uh, of course, what more can you say with uh, when you looked over? And they kind of did it. Uh, you know, they, they'd bring in the two-screen effect of uh, both games last night uh, on uh, uh, ESPN. They did that uh, with uh, one game. Of course, if you had been to the Quarter Tavern, you would have had no problem watching those two games and the Cub game. Although I had trouble watching the Cub game because they were getting hammered they by did. the Miami Marlins, <laughs> ten to three, the final. It was brutal. They they did get hammered last night. We also uh, had the uh, Astros game going and uh, going on there last. Was night. it last night they uh, they clinched a playoff? Clinched the spot. division. 
Oh, that's right. They division. had previously clinched a playoff spot, but last night they uh, clinched the division, as did uh, the Mets clinch a playoff spot. That's correct. Not the division. That's correct. Anyway, uh, with that, the Eagles uh, last night, uh, just <laughs> what more can you say? Uh, they just uh, they jumped on the uh, on the Vikings. and uh, my, my, bu- my buddy Mitch asked me uh, before uh, the game uh, who I liked in that game because he knows I'm a, a Bear fan and I, I keep an eye on that division. A little close, I say Minnesota is way overrated. Way overrated. Yeah. But uh, then again, you look back at the history of Kirk Cousins on primetime games, and it's brutal. And it's and it showed last night. Yeah. And uh, you in did... fact, Bleacher Report had the scathing story about really? Kirk Cousins. It was it was just downright rude. Well, the Eagles uh, beat the Bikes last night, twenty four to seven on Monday night uh, as quarterback Jalen Hurts. Uh, threw for uh, 333 yards. He was 26 out of 31. That's probably one of his best performances ever that I can recall throwing the football. You know, I, I heard the term MVP thrown out, and I'm oh, like, really? come on, it's one game. Yeah, uh, pretty accurate, too. Uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, the Eagles' defense got off the mat in a big way, too, uh, after yielding uh, 35 points last week to J- uh, Jared Goff and the Lions. And uh, they shut the Vikings down. Kirk Cousins uh, uh, just uh, – he didn't exist last night. Some of those fantasy league players with Kirk Cousins, and I know one in our league had him and didn't do much damage. So, uh, And Hurts is the second eagle in Super Bowl era with 300-yard passing and two TDs rushing. He joins Michael Vick, who did it on Monday Night Football about 12 years ago. Uh, of course, uh, the Eagles' next game, they, they ship it off to Washington to take on the Commanders uh, in a ball game. With the, the Vikings, uh, the good reason to avoid overreacting uh, to week one. It's called week two, and it's been a way of leveling off anything. And, you know, the Saints uh, uh, had a big win last week over the Falcons, coming back from 26-10 to 10 and eke out a 27-26 win. <laughs> And they did the same thing last year. They they pounded the Packers in Jacksonville, and they come back the next week against Carolina. And they look pitiful. Uh, so uh, you, you can't ball symmetry. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, anyway, Darius Slay shut down Vikings receiver Justin Jefferson one week after Jefferson had a career high of 184 yards, and Slay, the nearest defender, Jackson had one reception for seven yards last night and five targets. And uh, Slay intercepted two of those passes that were targets of Jefferson. So, uh, anyway. Here's this piece on uh, Kirk Cousins. Just going to read the first couple of paragraphs here. In the biggest moments, Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins comes up small. He's an anchor when the franchise is searching for its Aquaman. The 34-year-old signal caller personifies mediocrity in a world where elite quarterback play is more essential than ever to compete at the highest level. The game is built around superheroes posing as professional athletes. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin, uh, it says Justin Bear here, but I'm pretty sure it's Herbert. And Lamar Jackson brings Superman-like qualities to the position. Cousins doesn't even have outstanding natural arm talent to make up for his lack of athleticism or the precision to continually beat defenses with accurate throws based on pre- and post-snap reads. He lacks a single elite trait. Brutal. Wow. Yeah, that is pretty brutal. 
And if my memory serves me correctly, Cousins was a Michigan State quarterback back in the day. Well, I don't remember that. Yeah, um, but I know he floated through Washington, uh, yeah, D.C. And yeah, right. Anyway, last night he threw two interceptions in the red zone during the third quarter and a third one in the fourth quarter when all the Vikings were trailing by 21 points. His interceptions quashed genuine chance to get back in the game, and the picks immediately revived social media talk of Cousins' record on Monday Night Football, which is now, you ready? Two and ten. Two mm. and ten on Monday Night Football. And one was a miss. It's amazing he's had that many opportunities. You're right. That seems. Uh, of course, with Washington, he probably played a few times. And, uh, Washington wasn't the kind of team you put on Monday Night Football no, for many but, years uh, either. Being the nation's capital, uh, I'm sure they had opportunities. Anyway, it goes on to say that uh, talk of uh, Cousins' two and ten record, uh, uh, but others were forced to pass to receive uh, Adam Thielen, who uh, was bracketing coverage, and a jump ball to Jefferson was short of his mark. Uh, on passes of 10 or more yards uh, last night, Cousins was 4 out of 10 for 61 yards and two picks. Of course, now they journey. Uh, they take on the Lions next week. Uh, that'll be an interesting ball game, too, in that regard. So uh, we'll see how that's all going to shine out. In the meantime, uh, Saints news. It looks like Mr. Mike Evans is going to set out a game uh, due to the altercation uh, they had uh, this past Sunday in the Superdome. No, no further repercussions. Uh, that's the only um, suspension. Uh, no other fines uh, from the brawl uh, announced unless they uh, have a further review of the situation. But, you know, uh, you know, I, I saw the suspension while, while I was on the air during Tesh Matters, and it was amazing how many Tampa fans are really offended by this suspension when it seems pretty obvious to me it was a reasonable call by the NFL and um, Tom Brady uh, of course uh, said it was uh, outrageous he had to say those kind of things uh, yeah. I mean, he, he had to but let's face it um, it was a reasonable thing to do we speculated yesterday uh, that it would happen um, again it's it's a one game spent it was so unnecessary uh, and the discussion around Bruce Aarons uh, was swirling yesterday, too, as to whether or not he said something that may have motivated yeah. him to uh, go back onto the field. I, I don't think he talked to him directly. I think he was just uh, complaining about what he saw, talking about Bruce Aarons. And then I think Evans decided to turn around and uh, do something about it. But, uh, no, uh, completely justified. Uh, what, what I can't believe I saw was a four-game suspension for an NFL player that broke a vacuum cleaner yeah, you in, in a that. bad moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, uh, <laughs> they, 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 I, I, I tagged the story somewhere, but um, the idea that uh, this guy, he had a little bit of a domestic encounter with an ex and a, at her house, and he was upset, breaks a vacuum, was charged with misdemeanor uh, uh destruction of property uh-huh. and the nb and nfl suspends him four games for it yeah Insane. amazing huh amazing but uh yeah you, you see the you know and you it's hard to believe you won't won't see more than the one mike evans suspension coming out of that melee that uh, yeah. uh the baseball term of a rhubarb that took place on uh, uh on the field uh this past sunday i, I just I, i'm surprised because, I mean, leaving the bench, you're not supposed to be on the field. You can hit you with a small fine. Well, uh, he was on the field. He was leaving the field and kind of came back. He was in the, on the play. But, 
I still can't believe Leonard Fournette walks away from this squeaky clean. Yeah, and, uh, and others. And what I'm saying, there were players on the field that were f- coming from the bench, meaning not change of possession, but uh, literally came on. No, the No, you're field. right about the other players. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's Anyway, uh, we'll see what the league uh, will do further. Anyway, uh, uh, elsewhere uh, in the power ratings, uh, they're out. Of course, everybody knows that the Bills are the number one ranked team. In the NFL right now, the Chiefs are second, followed by Tampa Bay, which, you know, Jeff, they scored 19 points against the Cowboys, 20 points against the Saints, of which thanks to an interception. And I'm trying to remember if they scored a defensive touchdown against Dallas or had a turnover against Dallas uh, 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 in the positive field position. So, um, anyway, they're the number three ranked team. Uh, that's That means they're ahead of the Rams, who's four. Dolphins are five. The Miami Dolphins that tried a two and zero. Remember last year when they came on to win six or seven in a row towards the end of the season. Elsewhere, the Chargers six, Green Bay seventh. The Eagles are eighth. The Ravens are ninth. The Forty uh, ers are tenth. The Vikings are eleventh. I find that hard to believe too, Jeff. Uh, with the Vikings being eleventh, one ahead of the Saints, who. Uh, uh, you ready? They went up. They were 13th last week. They went up uh, one spot. Uh, elsewhere, Denver comes in at uh, 13, 14th. The Cardinals, the Bengals, 15th. They're 0-2. It's hard to believe the team in the Super Bowl last year for the AFC's 0-2 right now. Of course, like you mentioned earlier, uh, just a coin flip away uh, of seeing the Bills in the uh, Super Bowl last year instead of the uh, Bengals. Patriots come in at 16th. Uh, Looking down at uh, who's bringing up the, the tail end of it, uh, uh, the last four teams or so. Uh, the Jets, even though they're 1-1, one one, they're 29th. Carolina Panthers are 0-2. They're 30th, followed by the Houston Texans are so 0-1-1 one one at 31st. And the beloved Falcons at uh, 32nd in the power rankings. They're currently 0-2. So, uh, interesting here. Of course, it's only two games in. A lot can go on with injuries and uh, things of that nature throughout the course of the year. So, we'll see how uh, that's all going to play out here um, in the next uh, only uh, 16 weeks when you count the buys or 15 weeks when you count the buys in. So, uh, a lot of football still to be played. Actually, uh, remember, 17 games now. It's an 18-week season. So, two and- and I'm, try- and I'm trying to remember when did the Saints head to uh, good old London? Mary a week England. from Sunday. Yeah. So and they they come on at eight thirty that morning too. Insane. But but you know what? When the NFL gives you morning football, you make breakfast. Sure. And that's what we're doing at the Quarter Tavern. A big fundraiser for St. Jude uh, during that Saints game. Uh, kickoff at eight thirty. But uh, again, serving a breakfast and. Uh, Raising some money for St. Jude's great cause. Yeah, that is a great cause. And, uh, of course, the Saints are adding to uh, that. And uh, that's going to be enjoyable over at the Quarter Tavern. So with that, Jeff, uh, we're about at our first break. Uh, let's go ahead and take it. we got some high school sports to talk about. we got Coach Terry Martin coming on in our third, uh, I should say our fourth segment around 8 o'clock. He'll talk about his big game last week against V.C., and uh, further, uh, some, uh, also some baseball news, uh, high school rankings are out, and uh, a lot more. So uh, let's go ahead and take our break. You listen to Bayou Sports here on the Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. The athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. 
It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. It's Festival Week, and the QT is your sugarcane festival, HQ. Thursday, it's Tommy G and Stormy Weather. Friday, the Cajun Company Band. Saturday, Swampland Revival. And on Sunday afternoon, the Bad Boys. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's, mustering prices in DeBerry. And don't forget, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions. And you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Yes, welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And uh, uh, taking a quick look at uh, the Louisiana High School football poll uh, coming out this morning. Uh, in 5A, Carr, who made the jump from 4A into oh, 5A, <laughs> they're now uh, 3-0, and followed by Destrahan, Kathakai, Baton Rouge, and Zachary, the defending uh, champion, the non-select. The only, uh, I'd say, local team, Acadiana, comes in with a 2 and run record. They lost to LCA, I think, in the first or second week of the year. Uh, they come in at number five. Others receiving votes, Karen Crow. Southside got a vote, Jeff. And I believe that's who the Yellow Jackets take on this week uh, on Kane Radio uh, Friday night at uh, 7 o'clock. Absolutely. Anyway, in 4A, it's... Uh, funny, Karen Crow got four votes, Southside one vote, and Southside pummeled Karen Crow. But That's right. What, 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 what do you figure? Uh, Again, I... I, I don't you know, know we have a little fun with these polls, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I say it uh, a lot... It's tough enough to keep track of your own region, let alone what's going on in the states. So. Correct. Anyway, in the 4A bracket, our Westgate Tigers, uh, they sit at number one with nine first-place votes. Lafayette Christian, who they'll face later on in the year, along with St. Thomas Moore, those three teams make up the, 
top three spots in 4A, and uh, they're all in the same uh, district. I'm not sure the number in that uh, 4A district, Jeff. Uh, you might recall what uh, district Westgate plays in in 4A. Uh, it's it's a it's, different number than it was last year. Like five or six, maybe, maybe somewhere yeah, in that vicinity. Maybe six. Okay. It's sitting on my desk somewhere. But All right. Anyway. No, uh, in fact, I can pull it up right here. Uh, others receiving votes in the area. Uh, Father, uh, it's, they're 4 4 now. Okay. Uh, Turlings Catholic uh, got 12 votes, and Cecilia received a vote in 4A. So, but Westgate, Lafayette Christian, St. Thomas More. Those teams all in the same district, as Jeff mentioned, 4A. And uh, they'll be competing against each other, along with uh, Turlings Catholic. and Cece- I don't think Cecilia's in that district, though. No. But uh, they'll be competing uh, uh, for a district championship between those uh, four schools. Wow. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Westgate getting nine of the 11. Think about that, just 11 voters. That's right. Are determining this. So, again, it is yeah. what it is. You're right. Anyway, going uh, on down uh, to 3A, uh, E.D. White of, uh, of Thibodeau leads the uh, 3A poll. Uh, Union Parish University, that's the lab school up at LSU, is in third. Church Point, I call it an area school. It's in the, in the Acadiana area. Uh, others, uh, Abbeville's in there at uh, number eight. Uh, other teams uh, in the area, uh, St. Martinville, uh, has drawn 14 votes uh, in that regard. So uh, if you want to look at it the way their uh, votes are coming in, St. Martinville would be the 14th uh, rated team in AAA in the state of Louisiana. Going on down to 2A, Manny, a uh, new... I'm, I'm, okay. Go ahead. There, there are only 11 first-place votes, but yet John F. Kennedy got 24 votes. I'm, I'm confused. Now. Yeah, I don't know how that... Uh, that works out or how that comes into play. Yeah, John F. Kennedy, it's a school out in East New Orleans, I believe the Cougars. Um, not sure, Jeff, you're right. How can they draw that many? And when you're looking at the other uh, schools above it, uh, no one has that many votes. And uh, anyway, unless somebody had them like eighth, I, I don't know how that works to be very well, They uh, don't mention the others who got first place votes. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know. I like, I guess you get so many. Uh, votes for, uh, I guess, maybe 10 points for first-place vote on on down. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe that's so. the only way I can think of. Elsewhere in 2A, Manny uh, drew all 12 first-place votes, uh, Jeff. And Newman was second. Uh, Newman. Notre Dame, uh, Crawley, St. Charles Catholic, uh, other teams of interest in our area. Uh, believe it or not, Lorville garnered two uh, votes so uh, technically, if you want to look at it, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, they're 15th in the 2A poll. And uh, we'll see how that transpires. We'll have Lorville a game, uh, a couple of Lorville games on uh, this year. Uh, anyway, in 1A, a Washtenaw Christian garners the uh, 12, I uh, should say 10 first place votes. Homer, that's Homer, H-O-M-E-R, up in north uh, west Louisiana, uh, garnered the other first place vote. Southern Lab, Kentwood, uh, Vermilion Catholic still stuck in sixth place. Uh, they've taken down three of the seven 2A teams in regards to Catholic High, Ascension Episcopal, and Lorville. In fact, Terry Martin on Saturday morning, uh, he, he had a great sense of humor. Uh, a tough loss, of course. They lost 28 to nothing. We'll talk to him. But 
He basically said Vermilion Catholic just won the district. That's right. Yeah, and they're not even in that district, but they beat Catholic High, they beat Ascension Episcopal, then they beat Lauraville. Uh, uh, essentially, they've won the district. Yeah, and the only team to score on them was Ascension Episcopal, even Man. though they gave up the most points uh, to uh, VC. Anyway, uh, others in the uh, 1A poll for my area um, uh, looking over it, Opelousas Catholic uh, garnered four votes. Uh, uh, Central Catholic and Morgan City had three. So uh, that's a look at the uh, Louisiana Sports Writers poll. And, you know, Jeff, uh, sometimes you got to wonder if some of these uh, Louisiana sports writers are able to see all these teams. I, I don't see how, not unless they have some type of uh, interconference phone call with the, the voters and they talk about it. And I don't know if it's just the voters of one class votes and the, maybe they have another Ten or twelve voters that vote in another class, etc. I don't know those answers. So, uh, or if it's just one group of voters that get together and vote for their teams. This is where we could use a call from Neil because he may have some insight into this. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't know if he was ever a part of these polls. Um, you know, uh, in in as much as I've covered and you've covered high school sports for a long time, we're not technically sports writers, uh, right? So. Uh, I've never been invited to uh, offer up my thoughts, but I, I would decline because I would say, you know what, I don't know enough about Iberia Parish schools, let alone what's going on statewide. Yeah, you're right about that. So uh, uh, who knows uh, in that regard how that's all going to swing. So in the meantime, uh, you know, the, they're out there. And uh, I, I can remember one year, uh, Jeff, this is uh, maybe relating back many, many years, uh, Catholic High was ranked. Number one in the state in the double-A poll, and uh, this is many years ago, and Crowley comes to town. They were the number two team in uh, the poll, and I think Catholic High thrashed them like 35-6 to six or something of that nature. Uh, and I think Crowley moved down a uh, little bit that week. I don't think they were pushed out of the poll. But uh, just it's amazing how that, uh, that well, comes well, about. When one beats number two, number two shouldn't fall that far. Because, well, I mean, it, 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 unless, again, it, it was, a was wrong. a pretty devastating score there yeah yeah 35 points back then was a lot of points to be given up in a high school uh, football game back then so uh anyway um that's the way it falls so uh hopefully uh maybe coach martin might have some indication of how that works and uh he's, he's coming on if uh, people stay tuned uh at eight o'clock uh, to tell us a little bit about uh, maybe if he knows uh, for some familiarity, how that works and all through the course of uh, high school polling, uh, maybe could have some answers for us. In the meantime, Jeff, um, Major League Baseball last night, uh, uh, basically the uh, as we, we talked about, the Mets uh, clinched for the first time in in six years, uh, so they'll have a playoff spot. It's kind of tough to see whether they're gonna, whether it'll be a wild card or they win the division. They're still a game or so ahead of the Braves, who are playing pretty well right now. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the Astros clinched and then uh, uh, they clinched the playoff spot and then they clinched the division. The Dodgers have already clinched the division. I think they're, what, 17, 18 games up on the Padres. Uh, Padres fighting for a spot at the wild card, so we'll see. And this year it's – I'm trying to recall, you know, since they've moved, it's six teams or seven teams this year, Major League Baseball? Six. 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 Uh, the the. the First year of the COVID, uh, the 2020 season, they had seven teams, uh, uh, but now six is permanent. Last year they went back to five, uh, which is normal was was the normal at the time, but uh, now six. 
Yeah. And that was part of the collective bargaining agreement and a whole bunch of other things. And, you know, last night uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, 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 it's too many. You yeah. know, it, it used to be a big deal to make the postseason. That's right. I mean, it was an accomplishment. Uh, I hadn't witnessed it uh, the entirety of my life uh, for Chicago teams until 1983. It, it, it was it was huge to do it, and now it's just, uh, somebody's got to win. Someone's got to make the postseason. Yeah, and uh, pretty much. You know, the last great pennant race in Major League Baseball was when the Red Sox, the Twins, and I believe was it the Orioles fighting for that spot, and the Red Sox ended up uh, the, the, the year, 67 year where Carl Yastrzemski mm-hmm. hit, uh, won the Triple Crown that year. And, of course, baseball the following year went to uh, – the divisions and uh, when uh, the two teams would meet uh, in each league to find out who would go into the World Series. Of course, that was the year the Miracle Mets beat the Braves uh, to uh, win the the crown. Of course, the Braves, of all things, were in the Western Division yeah. back then. And, of course, uh, the Orioles came out, and I'm trying to remember who they defeated uh, on the other side. I don't think the Orioles it, beat the Twins. Yeah, the Twins. Okay, that's correct. Anyway, so uh, that, that, that's the first year I really remember baseball. That was the year the Cubs collapsed against the Mets. Yeah, Leo DeRocha, yeah, call, uh, managing the Cubs that year. Yeah, yeah, I do recall that. We'll have a little bit of, on the Cubs uh, later Blame on. Day baseball. Yeah, Come that's on. right. Come on. Man. Yeah, you're right about that. Anyway, Max Scherzer uh, came back from his uh, injured uh, uh, call, and uh, he throws six perfect innings last night, and they pull him. Of course, coming back from an injury, uh, I'm sure he was on a pitch count now, uh, 38 years old, only threw 68 pitches. And, of course, they bring in his replacement, and the first batter he faces gives up a, a base hit, a double down the uh, left field line. And Scherzer's, uh and that was the sixth time he's done that, too, in his career, thrown six perfect innings to mm. start off a ball game. You know, we, a few weeks ago we talked about him going on the IL, one, and it, I said at the time, yeah, put it, let him rest now. He had, like, some weakness or uh, soreness in his arm or uh, fatigue, I think they refer to it as. Yeah, rest him now. Make sure he's ready for the postseason. Get a couple of tune-up starts before the postseason. And we saw the results of it. Yeah, threw six perfect innings, too. Uh, I can't remember how many he might have struck out last night, but it was a few. And uh, Scherzer... Uh, uh, coming off, and he's going to give the Mets another spark, too. So uh, look for him, too. Uh, he's probably got uh, maybe three more, four more starts left in him on it, pitching on every fifth day. So uh, with the, the Mets having probably 18 games left or so, uh, should be interesting in that regard. Uh, anyway, uh, the Mets uh, and the Braves uh, trying to fight off each other for a playoff spot. Yeah. Atlanta's a game back, but uh, tied in the loss column. So they've got two games uh, to play, and Atlanta could easily win those two games and then be in a actual tie. Yeah, anyway, um, uh, just, of course, the Dodgers have that division wrapped up. The Cardinals uh, still fighting off your Milwaukee a little bit. Of course. I wouldn't worry too much about the Brewers. Yeah, they, but the Brewers are just trying to make a playoff bid. They're not going to win gonna the say, division. You know, my buddy's a San Diego fan, and uh, that's the race we're watching is uh, whether or not San Diego can hold off Milwaukee for that uh, wild card spot. And 
Um, also, Philadelphia, they uh, are in that mix, too. Yeah. The Cardinals are uh, now on a six-game road trip, too, Jeff, as, uh, or check that eight-game road trip. They head for three to San Diego uh, tonight, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Then they journey to Los Angeles to, to play the Dodgers Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, have a day off, head across the country back to the Midwest, and ha- head to Milwaukee for two games, and they finish up the season with three games in St. Louis and then three games in Pittsburgh. Uh, they place the Pirates uh, at home and on the road for their last six games. So uh, I'd say unless they have a just a <laughs> tremendous uh, falling like the Phillies in 64 when they lost 10 out of 11 games with a six-and-a-half game lead, uh, uh, I think the card's in pretty good shape. You think the Dodgers are going to give some younger guys a chance to play, rest some of their pitchers' arms and uh, since they've got everything clinched up. And, but uh, they should even have the number one seed locked up, too. I don't see them uh, collapsing anytime soon. So No, no. Anyway, anyway, time to take our next break here. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We have Coach Terry Martin at 8 o'clock. We'll, we'll be back with more right after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 1075. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports. Uh, of course, at the 8 o'clock hour, we have uh, Lorville head uh, football coach Terry Martin with us to talk about his uh, game last week and his uh, game looking up uh, this coming week. Elsewhere, college football, our local teams, UL journeys, I think, to UL Monroe to take on the uh, Warhawks in a conference game as both teams open up conference play. The Cajuns are a nine-point pick. Uh, that's down from 11, I think, when it opened up uh, Sunday sometime. Elsewhere, the Tigers, uh, they'll be at home uh, taking on New Mexico. I'm not sure if New Mexico, is that the Aggies or the Lobos? I, I, I can't recall. Uh, I want to say Lobos. Okay, uh, State might be the Aggies uh, in that regard. The Tigers come in a uh, uh, four-touchdown pick, a 30-point pick against New Mexico uh, over in Tiger Stadium. And with their game last week as they uh, come back again, uh, uh, are they a second-half team, Jeff? I, I don't know, but uh, for two weeks in a row now. I was going to say, well, again, the Southern game you have to discount. Obviously, yeah. they were a first-quarter team in uh, the game against Southern. Uh, yeah, I think it was 35 nothing in the first period. Before he blinked, uh, yeah. it was insane. But, uh, again, I think it's too early to have general uh, attitudes about um, what this team is and who they are. Yeah, we'll but uh, like you said, still early, but uh, an interesting matchup. Some other matchups against ranked opponents and teams. Uh, Clemson, number five Clemson, will journey to uh, take on Wake Forest, who's ranked 21st. The Clemson's a seven-point pick in that game. Thought might, it might be a little bit more than that. Elsewhere, Florida, uh, Billy Napier's team, they're going to journey to Tennessee uh, to take on uh, Tennessee. Uh, believe it, Tennessee's an 11-point pick in that game. I find that hard to believe, too. I thought that matchup would be a lot closer over in Tennessee and Knoxville. Elsewhere, uh, other ranked teams uh, going at it in the Southeastern Conference. Arkansas is going to be at A&M and College Station. Boy, they've got to be licking their wounds. Uh, uh, A&M does uh, in that regard. Speaking of uh, uh, licking their wounds, did you see how Appalachian State won their, their next game last, uh, this past weekend against Troy? So almost, how, uh, almost at the same time, Notre Dame almost lost to Cal Berkeley with uh, similar Hail Mary attitude uh, tipped a couple of times before it eventually, uh, I'm talking about for Cal, uh, before it hit the turf, but Appalachian State made the Hail Mary count. That's right, and uh, a tip ball with a receiver just happened to be at the right mm. place at the right time on the five-yard line and swings around right and takes it into the end zone for the uh, game-winning points. Yeah, it, it was Almost like one of those trap games uh, after the big win against Texas A&M. You get back into conference. Uh, Troy, a pretty solid team. They've been a pretty solid team out of the Sun Belt. Uh, again, good mid-major team, uh, but but not exactly Texas A&M. Right. So the idea that uh, they were dominating that, not, I shouldn't say dominating, obviously. They were winning the game. game. How's that? But, uh, yeah. So App State uh, came away with a victory, and you learn a lot from those kind of situations. That you do, and, uh, and considering, I think the Bear had picked Troy uh, with the point spread. I can't remember what the point spread was in that game, but the Bear picked him on uh, college football game day uh, over uh, Appalachian State, and he made the same comment, you know, coming off a big win over a nationally ranked team as an A&M over in College Station. He said they've got to be down a little bit. They can win the game, but I don't think they beat the spread, and it was pretty accurate in that regard. 
elsewhere, Arkansas, the Razorbacks. Who is the bear? That that's a guy that comes on. They have the college game day with uh, the ESPN's college game. Yeah, the, and uh, he's uh, kind of in the background. He picks three games each week that uh, he does his homework on, and he's a big old boy. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think if he's a a Penn State or he's from one of these schools up east, maybe Syracuse or something of that nature. And he picks the three games, an older gentleman, uh, heavyweight guy. It's pretty interesting. He comes on uh, uh, all three or four times during the course of the uh, broadcast on Saturday mornings and uh, has three games each week he likes to keep an eye on. So uh, they call him the Bear. I'm not even sure what his real name is. but uh, Chris the Bear Falica. Yeah, that's him. Anyway, on background on him. Anyway, Arkansas at A&M and College Station. Uh, the Aggies uh, trying to see if uh, they can get back in. Uh, of course, they won this past weekend. Uh, uh, they beat Miami 17-9. to But the week before, of course, uh, looking their wounds after getting beat by uh, Appalachian State. And Arkansas, A&M comes in a two-and-a-half point pick. And I'm sure with, that's a home field uh, call in that regard. So some of the big SEC games this week, uh, Alabama plays uh, uh, one of these pushovers that they're going to probably win, score 50 or 60 points on. I'm trying to remember who that was uh, they're taking on this uh, weekend. But it's, um, I hate to say a nobody, but uh, it's uh, just scrolling here through it. Uh, not seeing where Alabama, maybe I uh, went through them already. But they were playing a team that uh, they're going to humble. Uh, Kent State, maybe. They often do. Yeah, that, you know, uh, build up on their points and their yardage and things of that nature. Uh, just scanning through my uh, phone here momentarily. Alabama, 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 Alabama. I just I don't see them. Maybe they're off. <laughs> uh, or they play uh, late. Uh, La Tech plays at South Alabama. Both uh, La Tech's one and two, South Alabama two and one. Uh, Alabama, oh, Alabama plays Vanderbilt. But they're only a 40-point uh, they, they were worn down by uh, Northern <laughs> Illinois last week, who goes right back into the uh, SEC. Really? Who do they play this Kentucky. week? Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky. Who's playing pretty well right now. I think yeah, they're, they're eighth ranked. Oh, yeah. They're number, eighth ranked in the country. Eight. Uh, the last time Kentucky was that high had to be in the 70s when Sonny Collins was the uh, running back for them who was an all-SEC, all-American at Kentucky back then. Uh, and I think uh, Frank Kirchie was a coach at Kentucky back then. Anyway, um, I think they, they either won the SEC or they tied for it that year in 77. Anyway, Jeff, uh, we got Coach Terry Martin to uh, get on the line in the next few minutes, too, and talk about his uh, uh, game last week uh, against VC and his upcoming game this week. So uh, uh, I'm not sure who they're playing. North Vermillion. North Vermillion, a 4A school, too. So stepping up a little bit in class and uh, uh, should have some success against North Vermillion. And I'm trying to remember North Vermillion's uh, handle or moniker. Is that, are they the Patriots? They are the Patriots. Okay. Anyway, uh, so high school football uh, Friday night here on Kane Radio. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, our broadcast uh, Friday night Southside uh, will come to New Iberia to take on the Yellow Jackets uh, with a 6.15 airtime and a 7 o'clock kickoff Southside. As we noted, uh uh, had a, a uh, they they beat a Karenko team pretty bad, uh, so Nish uh, with a one and two record, 
looking forward to see if uh, if Coach Learman get his guys ready to uh, win uh, a district game. Of course, they've got what eight, nine district game, eight district games that, in that that uh, district. So we'll see what Coach Learman has, and we'll have him on later on during the week to talk about his uh, Yellow Jackets. Anyway, Jeff, let's go ahead and take our break, and uh, hopefully get Coach Terry Martin on the line to speak about the uh, Lowerville Tigers. You're listening to Kane Radio's Bayou Sports. Here on FM 107.5 AM 1240, we'll be back with Coach Martin right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Kane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Kane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. It's Festival Week, and the QT is your Sugarcane Festival HQ. Thursday, it's Tommy G and Stormy Weather. Friday, the Cajun Company Band. Saturday, Swampland Revival. And on Sunday afternoon, the Bad Boys. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best ring prices in Newberry. And don't forget, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday, September the 20th. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Lowerville Tigers, Coach Terry Martin. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning, y'all. Thank y'all for having me on today. As always, Coach. Uh, yeah, Coach. Uh, of course, you took on a VC uh, team, Screaming Eagles, last week, and uh, uh, Jeff was mentioning to me that uh, you made mention on the uh, sports show Saturday morning that uh, they're now the definitive uh, champion of uh, District Seven Two A. that's the way it looks, man. And now, you know, again, like I said on Saturday, just just a very good team, man. Very, you know, very experienced, senior heavy. Uh, squad, uh, you know, besides being just having some really talented guys, uh, uh, a heavy dose of seniors, and then they got a couple of sophomores that are some really good-looking kids. 
uh, one of our secretaries this morning uh, made a comment to me. She said, man, Friday night of the game, I, I, I really wanted f- for somebody to go check that number 77's birth certificate. He looked like <laughs> a grown man. I said, well, that number 77's only a sophomore. So wow. <laughs> oh, wow. You might want to get ready to see him again, you know, for the next year or so. Uh, but just, you know, again, like I mentioned, just a good, well-coached football team. Uh, they got a great scheme on offense. Uh, you know, what they do on defense kind of takes away a lot of different things. And when you put good players, you know, in, in systems like that, you know, they, you know good things are going to happen. So, you know, but, but as I mentioned on Saturday, uh, there was also some things that we just, you know, we, we didn't do what we should have. Uh, yesterday, you know, was, uh, we actually on a short week, uh, we, we did some extra work on Saturday with our kids to try to get ready for our game because we played this Thursday night. But, uh, you know, yesterday was real important for us, and I think overall we had a pretty good day just going back to the basics and making our kids understand how important the, 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 the fundamentals are. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times our kids kind of get caught up and just go through the motion when we do our, uh, our tackle drills. And, you know, and I try to make them understand that those guys that get paid millions of dollars in the NFL practice tackling all the time. You know, sometimes in pads, sometimes without pads. But, but there, there is, you know, a definite technique and a definite art to, to being good tacklers, and, and that's something I, I think that gets you know, lost with, with a lot of teams today. And so we really focused on that yesterday, and I actually I do think we made some improvements. So I'm, I'm hoping it shows up a little bit on Friday. We're going to do the same thing again today uh, and, and, and try to just get better at the small things. Uh, offensively, we probably didn't have as good of a day as I would have wanted uh, in a couple of areas. So fortunately, we got one more day in pass to try to get that fixed. Uh, and then, you know, you got you, you got to take into account a lot of other things. You know, today's supposed to be very brutally hot, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, again, that's a concern to me. We're playing on one day or less of rest. You know, we have one we one day have to play one day sooner than anticipated. So that's something we have to kind of take into account too. We really got to work hard on the fundamentals, but still make sure that we don't overdo it. You know, and beat our guys up and and, and you know end up being dehydrated because I know it's supposed to be real hot today. And and all week. Uh, in fact, your game time temp might be around 94, 95. Whew, I know, man. Again, that, that's that's a big concern. Uh, you know, so hopefully we, you know, we, we, we take care of that. I think I might have mentioned that in one of the earlier shows in the season. You know, we have all our two-way guys and uh, you know, even some of our guys that stay on the field one way but, but play a lot all night long. You know, they, they carry around uh, their own Powerade bottles. Uh, and, and, you know, they come meet me in the morning and they get a, a scoop and uh, they have to fill it up in the morning and then they have to come fill it up again after practice besides, you know, the other hydration that hopefully they're, they're doing. And, uh, you know, again, we haven't had a serious issue with it yet this season. We did have, uh, well, you know, one or two kids cramp. But, again, it's those guys that are playing a lot both ways. So we're trying to address that this week by maybe not having them do as much on both sides of the ball because it, just because we know it's going to be a really hot game. Uh, Coach, can you uh, taking on the you're taking on North Vermilion, the Patriots this week over in Lorville, uh, game time seven o'clock. Could you tell us a little bit about North Vermilion and uh, what can you expect from them or the fans too? Uh, man, you know, I think we I might have talked a little bit about it on Saturday. They've completely changed what they're doing on offense, and uh, and actually, I think this probably fits them a little bit better. You know, they 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 have some big physical kids. Uh, you know, last year they were much more of a spread team. And, uh, but now they've, they've gone to pretty much a traditional wing T offense. And, uh, you know, they're in their first year of running it, but they already look like they have a pretty good idea of how they're going to run their, you know, what they want to do on offense. Uh, and I think, you know, it, it probably fits this team a little bit better. Uh, you know, so 
just like we were with the Quincy, you know, some bigger kids. Again, you have to be concerned because it's a 4A team. You know, they still have 4A numbers. Uh, you know, not many guys going, you know, not nearly as many guys going both ways as we do. So, uh, you know, they, they're much more of now a, a run-heavy offense. But uh, unlike the Quincy, they do look like they want to throw it, you know, 10, 12, maybe 15 times a game. So they're still throwing the ball a little bit. Uh, but, again, they're just, just much more heavy run-oriented set. So we're going to have to kind of change our personnel a little bit. And then defensively, I'm not sure what we're going to get. Uh, I've, I've been knowing uh, Mark Broussard runs their defense, and I've been knowing him for a long time. And, and Always had a lot of respect for for how fundamental his defenses are, uh, especially his defensive line. They're always extremely, always extremely well coached. But my my issue with him this year, you know, I kind of want to get on the phone on the side and say, just hey, can you kind of give me an idea what you're going to do? Because uh, he has been in a totally different front, defensive front, for all the three games that we have on film. Uh, and he played an even front against Iran. Uh He went more to what people call him the under on over front. Uh, for the, the other film we have, and then this past week in Abbeville, they're in a 3-3 stack. So uh, I'm really not sure what to expect at all from him. So we, uh, fortunately, I guess on one hand, the, the three fronts that he's running, D.C. ran them all on, on the film that we had on them. So our kids, you know, again, if they just stick to their rules, you know, as long as we kind of stay simple and not, not try to do too much, I think our kids will know how to block what, what we're going to see unless he comes out comes up with something exotic for the fourth week in a row and you know and I'm pretty sure he will you know and he'll, he'll give us some trouble but uh so I guess the theme on offense this week is just trying to stay simple and like I mentioned earlier just get better at the basics coach uh, again Thursday night instead of Friday night uh, any different fan experience uh, just get him there a, a day earlier right and you know and again some, sometimes these Thursday games can be a good thing you know uh you know, you know how much people love football in this area. And so when uh, when you have only one or two Thursday games in the area, a lot of times you get a lot of people from outside your area. You know, they just want to go watch a football games. So, you know, obviously being a home game, uh, where, you know, where I think last week I, I, I wrote that about an $18,000 check to pay for all our, uh, our uniforms. So, you know, having a good crowd is always a good thing. So hopefully we get a few people from outside, you know, who just want to go see a game on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, and again, hopefully we, we, uh, we can step up our play a little bit and, and, and play a little bit better than we did last week. You know, uh, I, I haven't mentioned this to you, but I have mentioned it on air. One thing I appreciated about those new uniforms, the TV numbers, uh, the numbers on the shoulders, you don't often see that uh, at the high school level. Yeah, and I, I hear that a lot, a lot from the, always from the guys in the media. Uh, I remember all the way back when uh, I was at Cecilia, I think, and Henry Bevenue, uh, you know, the long, long time uh, guy that, that works for the Test News, you know, he's, he's running forever. Uh, he would cover our games, and he, he told me that. He said, I'm so glad you got these new style of jerseys with the numbers on the shoulders. He said, now I can, you know, it's so, it's so much easier to tell and to do the stats and, and to write the articles. So, you know, that's an added benefit. And I think, again, they, they, they look a little more traditional than what we had in the last couple of years. So I know. Uh, you know, we got a, we have a, just a great, great, uh, football alumni following. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that, that played 20, you know, 30 years ago. In fact, uh, the week that we had our fall scrimmage, they, they did the first annual Lowerville football alumni supper. And they had guys come in from all over the country, uh, had, uh, Coach Bessard, uh, uh, Leesard, I'm sorry, who, who's here, you know, God, 40, 50 years ago, uh, actually coached, uh, the Lowerville state champion boxing team. Uh, he was there. Of course, Coach Crochet was there. Uh, 
And I want to say they probably had about probably about 75, 80 guys show up. And, and uh, they, they cooked the supper, and they had a few guys get up and, and speak. And uh, it was a really, really cool experience for me to be, inv- you know, for me to be invited. I got there kind of late because we played our scrimmage, and uh, I went there straight after. But, uh, you know, I- I'm just hoping we can continue doing things like that because, if, you know, like I said when I got up and talked there, you know, th- this really is a, a special uh, football community. And, uh, you know, I-, I said that. I know I've told you all that before. When I was at Sicily, you know, I-, I came to a couple of games because my kids were in this zone and, and uh, you know, my wife was working in, in this parish. And uh, so, you know, we, we kind of struggled last week, but, uh, again, I, I still think uh, I'm, I'm very humbled and thankful to be here. So hopefully we can pick up our play a little bit and, and kind of get that tradition going again. There you go. Tonight, uh, do you have a JV game, freshman game? Uh, uh, we actually have two going on. Our, our JV guys are going to North Vermillion uh, to play at 6 tonight, and then our junior high is playing home tonight uh, at 6 against Delcom. So, uh, you know, we, we got a game going, a junior high game going on over here at 6, and then our JV guys are going to play at North Vermillion at 6. Real good. Well, Coach, uh, again, uh, best of luck uh, tonight and again on Thursday night. We'll look forward to uh, recapping it next Tuesday. But thanks for joining us this morning as always. Sounds good. Thank you all very much. Hope the rest of your week is good. Uh, thank you, Coach. Uh, good luck to you uh, this coming Thursday night uh, taking on North Vermillion. Thank you, man. Take care. You bet. Again, appreciate Coach Terry Martin joining us on these Tuesday mornings at 8 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow on the show, a couple of coaches, Arnie Lauza at about 7.30 over at Delcom, and then about 7.45, Coach Hudson at Highland Baptist. Uh, that we have, too. Appreciate those coaches taking time from their schedules. Of course, some of these coaches teach and all and have to hustle to class in some instances, so we appreciate them coming on each uh, week and uh, and talking to us about their team and their future opponents. Uh, today in sports history, September 20th, a big Tuesday in 1913. Famous day uh, in this date in the U.S. Open Men's Golf uh, Country Club. 20-year-old amateur Francis Wimet wins his only open title in an 18-hole playoff, uh, five strokes ahead of Britain's Harry Varden and Ted Ray. And, uh, and if you've seen the movie, The Greatest Game Ever Played, uh, it's a fact-based story about Francis Quimet winning the Men's U.S. Open with his 10-year-old caddy. Mm. Anyway, 1919 legendary slugger Babe Ruth ties Ned Williamson's Major League mark of 27 home runs in the ninth inning with a blast against his future team, or his, his future team, the Yankees. They went a 43 win. 1922 future St. Louis Cardinal Hall of Famer Rogers Hornsby ends his hitting streak of 33 games. It's his first of three seasons hitting over 400. And I don't think any other major leaguer hit 400 more than uh, twice. But uh, Rogers Hornsby did it three times, all with the Cardinals. 1924 Cubs uh, Grover Cleveland Alexander beats the New York Giants for his 300th win. Elsewhere in 1931, Lou Gehrig's four RBIs break his old RBI mark of 175 en route to 184 that year in 31. Of course, uh, the RBI record uh, is held by, uh, boy, a name escapes me, but it's 190 for Major League. Hack Wilson? Hack Wilson, yeah, with the Cubs, yeah. I do believe. Yeah, that's the only reason I know that. Number, okay, I'm Hack sure. Wilson, that is correct. 1933, the Pittsburgh Steelers, playing as the Pirates, play their first NL game, NFL game. They lose 23-2. to Elsewhere in 1939, Joe Lewis uh, puts Bob Pastor down five times before an 11th round knockout at Briggs Stadium in Detroit. It's his eighth heavyweight 
boxing title defense. 1951, Major League owners elect uh, National League President Ford Frick, who was Babe Ruth's ghostwriter, as the third baseball commissioner in a seven-year term, then at a massive, they say, 65000 per year. Of course, Ford takes over for Happy Chandler back in uh, – 51. Elsewhere in 1953, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks, hits his first major league home run uh, and went on to hit over 500 for the Cubs in his uh, story career. 512. Yep. 1955, Willie Mays is the seventh player to reach 50 homers in a season. In 61, Roger Maris hits his 59th and barely misses his 60th in a game of 154 in this season. If you ever see the movie 61, you can see Maris was playing against the Hurricane literally that night. Uh, wins were probably extraordinary over in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. But the Yankees go on to clinch their 26 pennant that night. My Mickey Mantle jersey came in, so I'm prepared to watch the movie now. 61? Yeah. All right, with Thomas Jane and Barry Pell. There you go. And they look a lot like the two <laughs> Yankee players, too. I think Billy Crystal did that on purpose. Anyway, elsewhere in 1973, Billie Jean King, and I remember this religiously, beats Bobby Riggs in a battle of the sexes in tennis. There were talk that uh, Bobby Riggs, who was a hustler, bet on uh, on Billie Jean King to win the match, too. You know, so much of that was theater. You you know, uh, him suggesting that he was better than the number. He, at one time, was the number one player in men's tennis. Yeah, in the early 40s, that's correct. But uh, by 1970. You know, he knew better, uh, and Billie Jean King played along. But um, but he'd, we, a few weeks earlier, a few months earlier, he'd beat Margaret Court, who at the time was the number one women's player in the world with little drop shots and, and breaking balls and everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bobby Riggs, the ultimate hustler. So uh, they were talking bet on Billie Jean in that match. <laughs> anyway, uh, elsewhere uh, in uh, 1980, George Brent goes 0 for 4 on this date, dropping his average below 400. Mm-hmm. And when he was trying to be the first man since Ted Williams in 41 to hit 400 in the major leagues. He and Rod Carew would flirt with it on, on occasion, but uh, always falling just a little short. Tony Gwynn was another one that yeah. hung around one year. And I think it was the year they went on strike in 94, wasn't able to complete the year. Also in history in 1998, Cal Ripken Jr. took himself out of the starting lineup and did not play uh, in the Baltimore Orioles' loss to the New York Yankees, ending his consecutive game streak at 2,632 games, and the streak had uh, lasted 16 years. So on this date, Cal Ripken takes himself out the lineup to... Uh, kind of unselfish uh, move there. I know I wouldn't pull myself out of a game. I you know, loved playing the game so much. Uh, uh, if, if we were scheduled to play and it rained, it would break my heart. Uh, yeah. So... Very unselfish of him uh, to to step aside at that point. And everyone remembers 2130 with the Iron Horse, Lou Gehring, but the new number to remember now is 2632, and that's the uh, record that I don't see anybody breaking that in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So in the meantime, in 2013, Alex Rodriguez sets a new Major League mark with his 24th Grand Slam home run for the Yankees. Of course, he ended his major league career with 26 grand slams, number one all time. Mm-hmm. Today's birthdays in 1917, born on this date, Red Orbach, basketball Hall of Fame coach and general manager of the Celtics, nine-time NBA champion, born in Brooklyn. 
1938, uh, born on this date, Tom Tresh, the Yankee uh, infielder, outfielder, rookie of the year in 62, born in Detroit. 1943, born on this date, Tommy Nobis, the football linebacker with the Falcons in the University of Texas, born in San Antonio. Of course, he was the number one overall pick in the 1966 draft. Had a 22-inch neck. Mm. Uh, I don't know where he found his shirts. Uh, born on this date also in 1951, Guy Lafleur, the Canadian Hall of Fame hockey right wing, five Stanley Cup championships, two-time uh, MVP in the league, and and. And playoff MVP uh, with the Canadians, Rangers, uh, Nordiques, born in Thurso, Quebec. And a quote of the day, I go back to Red Orbach, and uh, a lot of sense what he, he's saying here in communication. It's not what you tell your players that counts, it's what they hear. Mm. And a lot of truth <laughs> to that, too, uh, uh, in that regard. So today in sports history, Jeff, September 20th, uh, uh, back to you. Any breaking headlines or information? Yeah, you know, the the one thing, um, and I'm going to talk about this during Tesh Matters, given uh, the time and opportunity. The idea, I saw a headline that said WNBA players not going to play in Russia this off season, and I thought, well, duh. I mean, I I don't think it's a real good time to be thinking about going to Russia to play uh, no, basketball. I don't think. And poor Brittany Griner, she's still got issues as she's. Was sentenced to what nine, ten years in jail. Yeah, she'll be out soon, but hopefully, but yeah, indeed, hopefully. But um, yeah, unfortunate situation. But it would be ridiculous to think a WNBA player would go play in Russia with that Brittany Griner situation. But anyway, more on that later. In the meantime, I uh, do want to thank our guest today, Coach Terry Martin, as well as our sponsors. Uh, Bayou Sports brought to you in part by. The Headache and Pain Center, Swing Insurance, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, The Quarter Tavern, L.A. Classic Roofing, and our latest sponsor, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49, that election next fall, not uh, this coming fall, but next fall.